I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up And I'm addicted I Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan Today I have my brother on as we talk week 8 of the NFL season It's already the midway point of the NFL season So we give our early MVP picks or our mid-season MVP picks We also talk about our mid-season or predictions for the playoffs as we've um, already gone through eight weeks of the season. We talk about the games of week eight, and we give our predictions for week nine. So guys, tune in, and we talk at the top of the podcast. We talk a lot about trade news, trade deadlines, unfortunately for our Jets. um, A lot of trade rumors going on. Um, Jamal Adams was tra- rumored to be traded, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson. So this team is in flux. So I have no idea what's going on with these Jets right now, but we'll see what ends up happening um, to the team chemistry as a result of that. So guys, thanks for listening to the pod and let's give my brother a call. Hello. Hey, Mike. Thanks for coming back onto the podcast. We're at the midway point of the NFL season, week eight in the books. Mike, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, it's good to be back. I mean, uh, pretty not a great week of football for our Jets, but it uh, seems like we've had some good fantasy success at least. But uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah, so Mike, before we actually even dive in straight to the games um, for the Week 8 games, I think the biggest thing surrounding um, today, so we're recording this really late on um, a Tuesday night, is the trade deadline passed today, Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And you know what? Our Jets were heavily involved in trade talks uh, today. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of trade rumors surrounding uh, two of our relatively big pieces in Robbie Anderson and uh, Jamal Adams, but uh, nothing sort of came about of that. But unfortunately, um, you know, if you were reading Jamal Adams in particular, like he said he wanted to stay and remain a Jet, but then uh, unfortunately... Um, you know, he heard from his agent that the GM was secretly shopping him and Jamal Adams basically called out the GM. So uh, it seems like there's some bad blood overall and just some, you know, confusion, politics, whatever. Everyone's just not on the same page here on the Jets. So not a good look for us. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell and Robbie Anderson, but um, I mean, uh, Robbie Anderson and Jamal Adams, but Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell was mentioned. Leonard Williams ended up getting traded to right across the hallway, basically, um, to the Giants for a third rounder and a conditional fifth rounder that gets upgraded to a fourth rounder if he signs an extension with the Giants. So it kind of shows who... Leonard Williams was a first-round pick from only a couple years ago, and he was chosen number six overall. And to get a haul like that, um, I think that was kind of a one of those trades where 
some people were happy with it because they weren't happy with the production that Leonard Williams was showing. Um, or some people were kind of just upset that they weren't able to keep one of their better players um, because of the state of the New York Jets. But what, what was your reaction when you heard that the Jets ended up trading Leonard Williams for a couple picks to the Giants? Yeah, I mean, overall, the season's not going to go anywhere in particular. Leonard Williams has been having a fantastic uh, season, even though he does, in my opinion, still have quite a quite a lot of potential. You know, he was a sixth pick of the uh, 2015 draft for the Jets, and he had played relatively well for us. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, um, it, it, it's not like this season, like, we really needed him in particular, to be very honest. I, I think the Jets are kind of um, at least going with some kind of tanking. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like the Jets are kind of pivoting from what where they they thought they would be earlier on in the season, before, during the preseason, where I think a lot of people thought preseason there was possibility of maybe winning seven, eight games or even possible sneaky playoff buzz to now where mm-hmm. I think as we got in into the season and with the way the season turned out and with Darnold and how he got sick and everything like that, they've really pivoted direction. So it's kind of interesting to see how they've kind of hit the reset button slash gone into reset mode fairly quickly into the season. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit. Um, I don't know. I can't say surprising since it's our Jets, but it's it, it's just very disappointing to see how the year turned out for us. I mean, sitting at one and six, um, no playoff chance here. It, it's just another development year where we try and foster like you know our talent in terms of uh, you know Sam Darnold and uh, what I thought would be like our defensive star Jamal Adams, but you know. It just seems like there's some bad blood between the uh, front office and some of the players now. Yeah, and I mean, even – and you kind of have to wonder if the players are really trusting management over there, especially with – I don't know if you've been really following the Caliccio Semele situation where the Jets ended up end, ended up releasing him um, over disputes of whether or not he should have gotten a surgery on his shoulder. And mm-hmm. – um, there being a dispute between whether or not he should have gotten that surgery because um, of different recommendations from various doctors. And I think even when you follow a situation like that, where the team doctors are saying one thing, and then the personal doctors of the players saying another thing, that, that kind of fosters some of that distrust and the culture of a team that has kind of been bad lately and now it's just been compounded by um, some type of injury situation happening like that. And believe me, I'm sure players are following that type of situation just to make sure and see whether or not that, whether or not the team has uh, their players' best interest at heart. And it seems like even from the outside, from whatever you're hearing, it seems like, people or it seems like I guess from the outside at least to me people might think that the management over there doesn't have the best players at heart which is troubling 
Yeah, it's definitely not a great look for our Jets. Um, Yeah, I mean, who who would have thought eight, you know, basically week nine into the season that uh, our Jets would be where they always are, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So, Mike, why don't we get into some of the other trades today? Akib Tlaib ends up getting traded with a fifth-round pick. To the Dolphins. uh, To the Dolphins. I mean, I think when people heard that, they're kind of like a little bit confused why the Dolphins would do something like that, but it just seems like that's kind of like a salary cap move. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it basically is a salary cap move. Um, Honestly, the bill for the Rams is really piling up, uh, especially with needing to get Jalen Ramsey's deal. But, I mean... Akita Tlaib injured, but he was a very productive player for the Rams um, for the past few years. So, um, wish him all the best, but uh, it seems like the Rams are are making some moves and trying to clear up some salary, some money. Yeah, and then I think also a lot of people were expecting a lot of other moves to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think um, some people were kind of expecting Chris Harris to get moved um, on the Broncos or even someone like Trent Williams from the Redskins who'd been sitting out all year um, to get traded and be utilized. Um, But he ended up reporting with the the Redskins and ended up um, not getting traded at all. So I think there's some player movement that people were expecting but ended up not happening. So I, I'm curious to see how that ends up playing out, whether or not Trent Williams gets traded in the off season, and that would make for some interesting uh, possible trade packages. And I think even some of the uh, rumored names that, that were going on with the Jets, like Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, or Robbie Anderson, whether or not one of those players or all of those players end up getting traded during the off season closer to the draft. Um, so I don't think that real. I don't think because those players didn't get traded now, I don't think it shuts the door for them to get traded during the off season. Yeah, yeah, I I think that it, it's just one of those like early signs um, that you know these players are obviously like up on the docket to get moved and uh i honestly think that this is sort of uh a sign of things to come for sure and mike i think one of the big things today um that ended up happening was the atlanta falcons signing young way who ended up releasing matt bryant i mean that's kind of fun for us i mean especially with the and it's kind of cool to follow the journey of uh, a guy that is putting Korea on the back of his uh, on his back basically and um kind of following his career especially the way it started a couple years ago with the San Diego Chargers or mm-hmm. the LA Chargers and with him basically you know going 50% with his feet field goal kicks getting cut and not really getting an opportunity until um, a serious opportunity, at least until now, and getting signed with the Falcons. So we wish him good luck from the podcast, obviously. Hopefully he represents well. Um, and he's a local guy, went to Ridgewood High School. So wishing him the best. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, pretty big news that they decided to release uh, Matt Bryant. 
sort of get some fresh blood there in for a kicking. But yeah, Young Hwaiku representing Korea, um, the Korean American community. So we definitely, uh, we're definitely going to watch some more Falcons games, even though they're a bit of a dumpster fire at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in. I mean, they might have become my uh, second favorite team this season to watch um, behind someone like the uh, San Francisco 49ers or something like that because their Jets are out of it. So, Mike, mm-hmm. let's get into the Week 9 game yep. or the Week 8 games. And I'm I'm probably going to pose a couple different questions to you uh, throughout our conversation as this marks the midway point of the season and maybe you could give me a couple of your um mvp picks and um couple of your your play the players that have surprised you the most throughout the season or the team that surprises has surprised you the most this season things like that so Mike, yeah. going into these uh looking at these week eight games are there any of these games that ended up surprising you i mean i think we kind of talked about last week how um none of these games were that appealing honestly uh, when we're talking about it and the game that we probably found most appealing and why don't we just start there was the panthers and the 49ers game and Mm. that wasn't much of a game at all with uh kyle allen getting picked off three times and i think a lot more people were um kind of expecting more and I mean I was obviously expecting more because that was one of the games that we differentiated on last week and I chose the Panthers and you chose the 49ers so good on you for choosing the 49ers um this probably this probably um kind of shows how good the 49ers are and kind of shows how I guess serious they are for a playoff run sitting at seven and no now um and i don't think anyone really foresaw this coming mike i don't know if you're on the bandwagon now but it seems like they're a legit team yeah i mean they're legit i mean just watching some of this game like you actually begin to believe that they are a legit you know nfc even super bowl contender at this point all right, that defense, that that defensive line we talked about in the past is just absolutely terrifying. It, it's, I, I know the Patriots defense has been putting up just like absolutely insane stats, um, you know, like the highest fantasy defense of all time, most likely. But honestly, like just from the eye test, the San Francisco 49ers defense is just swarming, relentless. Like it doesn't seem like the offense could get first of all, any time to get the play they want or for any plays to develop uh, without, like, just a ton of pressure in the quarterback's face. But, like, they just stop. I, I, I wouldn't say stop the run because Christian McCaffrey still averaged eight yards per carry um, against them. But it seems like they're just, like, so fast and so athletic. And, and that's just a testament to so many, like, of the first-round picks they have on that line. Yeah, and I think that's what's been really impressive for them. They ended up – I believe having seven or eight I believe it was seven sacks in total in this game Nick Bosa with three Eric Armstead another former first round pick with two so they were getting a lot of production from that um, defensive line really pushing the pocket and really making it uncomfortable for someone like Kyle Allen but even offensively during I think they're starting to figure out and find their rhythm and it kind of shows like 
Jimmy G hasn't had like spectacular numbers throughout the season. I mean, he only no. he he only threw for 175 yards um, in this game, but pretty efficient, 18 for 22. Um, but they've really kind of relied on this on on their running backs. Kevin Coleman ends up rushing for 105 yards on 11 carries for three touchdowns, and they've done just enough offensively to kind of supplement how good that defense has been. And now if they get the right mix and combination of running players, um, like the Coleman, Moster, Breida combination has been really good this season. Um, And it's been really impressive to kind of watch them um, run the ball as well. And I think a lot of people were kind of praising how good the play calling has been and how creative the run calling has been by uh, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah. The 49ers definitely, definitely a pretty impressive team. Um, yeah. This was a, definitely a big statement win, especially since, you know, they just came off beating the Washington Redskins who we think are, are quite bad. <laughs> just nine zero. So for them to put a 51 um, against the Panthers, who we think who we both thought were, you know, a very good team. Um, Big statement win, and um, you know they have a few games coming up. Two games against the Cardinals, Seahawks. Uh, so the schedule does get a little bit tighter after that with the Packers, Ravens, Saints um, coming in. But um, yeah, it, it seems like the 49ers are legit. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs, maybe even go further than that. Yeah, and I I think I've read a stat somewhere between. Um, like the two undefeated teams that are seven and zero, um, and undefeated this far into the season, at least one of those teams will uh, make the Super Bowl. I think out of the last like ten times, something like this has happened, where two teams have gone this far undefeated into the season. Uh, one of the teams have at least made the Super Bowl eight out of the last ten times this has happened. And at least I think I believe it's out of those times one of those teams has won the Super Bowl um, eight out of the last ten times. Well, so well, it, yeah. It's a, let's, well, it seems I mean, like yeah, we we can talk about the other. Yeah, let's talk about the other uh, undefeated team, um, the Patriots, continuing their win streak against the poor Browns, um, winning the game twenty-seven thirteen, win number three hundred for Bill Belichick. Uh, I mean, nothing surprising in the results here, but if we had to put our money on either the 49ers or Patriots to make and to win the Super Bowl, I think both of us are going on with the Patriots, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, there, I think there can be a debate as to whether or not who you think is better, but yeah. I think my my basic premise on why I would choose the Patriots is the the AFC is just so much weaker in comparison to the NFC and like just looking at the standings and I think we've kind of hearkened on this and talked about this um, multiple times throughout the season and reading out the depth of the NFC in comparison to the AFC if you look at all these like teams that are in it in the NFC, the Saints are still in it. Saints are sitting at seven and one. 
the Panthers are still in it at four and three. Packers are sitting at seven and one. The Vikings are six and two. The Lions are still in it at three, three and one. I mean, even the forty the 49ers are the only undefeated team left. They're sitting at seven and zero. And then they got even within their division. It's not like they have the division wrapped up yet because the Seahawks are six and two and the Rams are five and three. And then you got the Cowboys and the Eagles and the NFC East fighting it out there. So there is a lot of teams. I would say one. Now I'm counting through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams basically fighting for six playoff spots. So even though this the 49ers are undefeated like you still don't really know what's going to happen at in the second half of the season it looks favorable that they're going to at least make the playoffs but when they even get to the playoffs they're still they're going to have a really competitive matchup especially when they make it even to the NFC championship game if they make it that far against the Packers and the Saints especially with the Saints getting through Brees back and them looking really good with Drew Brees coming back from his thumb injury. Yeah, I mean it's crazy that this 49ers team was four and twelve last year, right? And just to imagine them just making this like six, seven, maybe eight game swing, like it can't just be Jimmy G, right? There's just there's something different about the team. Um but yeah, I don't want to talk about the, the 49ers all all day. 49ers and Jets, but uh, yeah. <laughs> are there any other? I mean, so so you mentioned the Patriots and the Browns, and I yep. thought it was like I thought it was interesting, kind of just looking. And I didn't really get to watch this game. I just kind of caught up on the highlights. But I thought it was kind of interesting, talk like talking and hearing, checking Twitter about basically Freddie Kitchens just being an ineffective coach and there being a lot of regret that he was hired um, as a head coach and this lack of innovation um, offensively, especially with the talent that he's had there, they haven't been able to kind of get the most production out of, um, especially with the talent um, in that team, you know, coming into the season, how many times were there like people talking about them being an, an, a dark horse in that AFC North. And they've kind of really fallen flat on their faces. Um, o, OBJ doesn't look like the dynamic receiver within that offense. Um, nope. and, and Baker Mayfield looks like he's pretty much regressed um, in comparison to what he's looked like last season. So I think there's definite possibilities that they're possibly being a coaching change there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised. I'm not surprised it hasn't happened, but, like, there's just so much noise around Freddie Kitchens just being the worst coach. Um, They can't keep him. They can't keep him. He'll be be gone by next year. Yeah, and I I wouldn't even be surprised if it's, like, it ends even sooner than that, but – it's. I think there's been a lot of, like, disappointment. And, I mean, even going into the season, I think both of us were pretty we're, – we're one of the – I think a lot of people were kind of trying to make the bold pick and being like, all right, I'm too taking the Browns. But I think we kind of pumped the brakes on that heading into the season. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're 
They they got some interesting win. I mean, they they were able to beat the Ravens four eight twenty five, a good Ravens team. Um, but yeah, nothing from the Browns has kind of gone their way this season. There was just so much expectation, especially with OBJ coming in, uh, another year of development for Baker. But you know, I I I, I think that they just have to make a coaching change, and um, this season is probably a little bit too late for them, but. Um, Definitely for next year. I think that with the right coach, this should be a playoff team. All right. So, Mike, the next game I did want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it this game mm-hmm. kind of lost a little bit of its luster, especially with, you know, it would have been billed as Mahomes versus Rodgers, MVP type of, like, who would have the MVP. And this really solidified for me at least, like, Aaron Rodgers being the MVP this year. Um, up until this year, and he's really turned it on in the last couple of weeks. Um, the Packers ended up getting the win 31-24 to over the Chiefs. Rodgers had three touchdowns with 305 yards passing, no interceptions. Um, and Mahomes is, you know, obviously out with that knee, knee injury. But, Mike, I think this kind of brings up uh, one of the questions at the midway point that I did want to ask. Is it Rodgers and – Russell Wilson for MVP thus far in the NFL season. Yeah, I think you have to have, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and uh, Lamar Jackson as kind of the top three favorites for the MVP. And I would put Aaron Rodgers just at the very top, just given how good the Packers have been, especially even with, uh, you know, Devontae Adams out. So for me, Aaron Rodgers is a slight favorite over Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. I think are about tied um, for that runner-up. But there's, I mean, we're only halfway through the season. Um, but there are a lot of ways this could play out. Like if, I think that if Aaron Rodgers is able to get the Green Bay Packers as a one seed, I think he'll lock it up. He'll get his third MVP here. Um, but, you know, Russell Wilson... <clears throat> if he's able to kind of steal that division, um, if Lamar Jackson maybe get like a top two seed, that's when they might be building themselves a case. But I, I really do think it's it's what seed are these teams able to net out in the playoffs, right? Yeah, and it, it's pretty – it seems those are the top three guys. I don't think there's really anyone else in the picture, unless maybe you want to say Christian McCaffrey, who's kind of kind mm-hmm. of taken the huge workload um, as a running back for the Panthers. But um, obviously this is a quarterback-driven league, and Rodgers has really looked good um, in that new um, – under that new coach over there um, with uh, the Green Bay Packers. It – it just seems like he's kind of back to a couple years ago of Aaron Rodgers when he, when the offense wasn't as stale under Mike McCarthy, and now they've kind of had some innovation um, with the new coach um, and Matt Lafleur, and just kind of some of the concept that concepts that he's bringing in um, with Rodgers, and Rodgers looks you know as good as ever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like one of those crazy MVP seasons. Like, if this season were to keep uh, going on for Aaron Rodgers, he currently has 2,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. 
right? Like 32 touchdowns, um, 4,600 yards. It, it, it's not, it, it's not these crazy numbers that we saw from like last year. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes, for example. Yeah, totally. I think, and, and so, sometimes it's not like one of those years where Mahomes just kind of set the, the league of a blaze and just kind of saw like these ridiculous like numbers and people talking going into this season like can Mahomes throw 60 touchdown passes which sounds ridiculous to even think someone someone could throw that many touchdown passes in one season but like he was just putting up crazy numbers last year and even in the start of this season like we thought like oh maybe it's a possibility and then he gets injured um but yeah those were those numbers that you kind of mentioned as you project them and kind of um, to the second half of the season aren't ridiculous numbers in comparison, but it's still equally impressive, I think, just because of the way I think people were questioning Rodgers and how good he was, which is kind of ridiculous to think in the beginning of the season, people were questioning if Rodgers was falling off because of age. And now he's kind of, reasserted himself as an MVP candidate. Yep. Yeah, and, and just talking about the game a little bit regarding the Packers and Chiefs, like, yeah, honestly, a, a pretty good game. Um, Matt Moore, I believe, like, he yep. he actually played pretty well. Yeah, and I was, I was pretty impressed with the way he played, kind of stepping in. Um, I think people... I, I don't know what people re- were really expecting out of him, but he's been a competent NFL quarterback, uh, backup quarterback. Um, he kind of haunted us with the Miami Dolphins and mm-hmm. um, over the past couple of years kind of being a backup for the Dolphins. And he's kind of come in. He'll do his job and be a competent backup for a couple of games before Mahomes comes back in. But he was fairly effective in what – he had to do. Um, Aaron Jones had a really solid game receiving, um, and that I think was really the difference. And kind of, um, I, I think it's really interesting how the Packers are really replacing Devonte Adams' production and the way they're utilizing a lot of their running backs in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know Aaron Jones. Glad I made that trade in fantasy, but he looks great. Um, I'm just a little bit worried for his health and honestly the Green Bay Packers' health overall. Like if if they were to lose Aaron Jones, um, it would just be a huge blow. Like Aaron Rodgers has to throw to someone, um, and I you know don't trust Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and um, Camaro. Those guys like Lazard, like they're just not going to cut it. Um, especially with some of the games they have in their schedule coming up. Yeah, totally. So, Mike, is there any other games that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, nothing. There there weren't any really surprising games here, to be very honest. Um, I thought, you know, the Jets, Jaguars, we touched on that quickly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we thought we thought our Jets had a chance. They're a dumpster fire. Uh, let's I'm move on this. from them. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about them anymore. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, is that I think one of the games um, that was fairly interesting to me at least, and I think could have kind of uh, shaped, had, shaped and had a lot, a decent amount of playoff implications, 
was this game between the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Um, because I think if the Eagles had lost this game, it would have been pretty tough for them. They would have been sitting at three and five. I mean, and, you know, Dallas would have been, I believe, sit at sitting at four and three and would have been two games back behind um, the uh, the Cowboys. And it would have been really tough, I think, for the Eagles to kind of come back from two games down. But they got a big win against the Bills. The Bills are sitting at five and two. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of wondering what this Bills team actually is because a lot of the games that they ended up winning um, – where they compiled five wins haven't been against the greatest teams um and their schedule to end this season in the second half isn't that tough at all either where it's conceivable when just kind of like doing the pickums and just being like is that a win or a loss and going through their schedule like it's conceivable they get to 10 wins this year um even with this loss so i think a lot of people are wondering like whether or not the quality of football is there. And that kind of remained in question, especially coming out of this game. Yeah, I mean, for me, you're right. This definitely has some playoff implications. They they beat up on a Bills team that really hasn't been able to beat any, honestly, quality teams. Um, they, you know, the Bills have been the Jets, Giants, Bengals, Titans, Dolphins. Like, that's... It, that, that 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 combined looks like like two in like three in like I don't know, uh, three in like twenty or something, right? So obviously not a very good set of teams here. Um, I I mean for the Eagles, you're right. They're back of, you know, the back end of their season. Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys is a huge game, but that's at home. And then the Giants again, like conceivable that they, those are five wins right there. They're looking at nine and four. The games before that, Bears, Patriots, Seahawks, I mean, you would think that they'd be able to win at least at least one of those, to be honest. Yeah, and I, it'll be tough for them, but it's also, like, it just seems possible that they can get to nine to ten wins and be in the playoff hunt, where I think even nine wins might get it done for a wild card spot in the AFC. And the oh, so I was talking about the Eagles. Oh, oh, for the Eagles, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. I I just don't think that nine and seven or ten. Honestly, nine and seven probably won't get it done for the Eagles. Yeah, sorry, I misheard you there. I was thinking about the Bills, but yes, for the Eagles in the NFC with the depth, it seems like nine wins is going to be tough. It yep. seems like ten wins has to be the one, like the stage. So they'll definitely be fighting it out for. Um, the playoffs in, yep. in the NFC East uh, with the uh, Cowboys. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think that the Bills, even though the Bills lost, they're a more likely playoff team than the Eagles. Which is crazy. Like, I don't think a lot of people would have foresaw that. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of looking pretty dire in the AFC, just looking at um, looking at like the playoff race. Um, they're pretty firmly entrenched in that second or in that first wild card spot, um, which is pretty insane to me. But like teams like the Titans and the Jaguars are sitting at four and four, um, two games back in the loss column of the Bills. So 
the Bills are sitting in decent playoff position here. Um, I guess like a couple, like one of the big questions, like to kind of recap the first half of the season for me is Mike out of like all the teams in the NFL and maybe the Bills, you could kind of throw the Bills into this. Who's kind of sitting in playoff position or contention that you're surprised is sitting there? Uh, yeah, I mean, for the AFC, I'll go by conference. I think that for the AFC, it's definitely got to be the Bills for me. Um, but we could have expected it from their kind of light schedule. But, you know, going into the season, you didn't know how good the Jets were going to be. You didn't know how good the Bengals were going to be. Um, I, I, you may have thought the Giants might be a little bit better. But, um, yeah, the Bills are surprising. Five and two, probably going to make the AFC wild card uh, playoff. And for the NFC, for me, what's been most surprising, I, I would have to say the 49ers. Um, we kind of thought my preseason prediction was that the Rams would kind of still be the class of the NFC West, but it, it seems like the 49ers have firmly taken that uh, position. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, like, one of, like, kind of to go back to the AFC to talk about another team that was surprising. And I think people kind of like the narrative ends up getting lost because of like their performance is the uh, Indianapolis Colts and how good they've looked um, post Andrew Luck. And I think people like that so long ago, I think people even forget like Andrew Luck was going into this season a significant portion part of their team and because of how well Jacoby Brissett has looked for the the Colts I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on how seamless of the transition that was and how good they've been uh post Andrew Luck so I think a lot of people are kind of like oh man the Colts are sitting at five and I believe five and two or five and three right now in or they're sitting at five and two leading that AFC South competitive South division. And I yep. think a lot of people were not really expecting them anywhere near the top of that division. Yep. Um, so Agreed. that, that is like a huge surprise, at least to me. And then I think the other surprise, maybe if I wanted to take a look at the NFC besides the 49ers has been, kind of how bad the Falcons have been. I mean, like, we've touched on, like, like you know, kind of in jest about, you know, them signing Young Lloyd Clue earlier in the season, but – or earlier in the podcast, but they've been really bad this year. And, like, they've been – they. it seems like whenever, like, first first quarter goes by and I'm just kind of, like, scrolling through red zone or scrolling through – all the games, like it seems like in the first quarter, they're always down by two touchdowns um, and down quickly. And I just don't understand, like, you know, this was a team removed a couple, couple years removed from the Super Bowl, And now they, they can't even get a really, you know, get a win um, sitting at one and seven right now. And I think it might be time for Dan Quinn to go. Yeah, and pretty interesting that Julio Jones came out and defended Dan Quinn. Um, But, you know, you look at the talent on the Falcons team, when you had Matt Ryan and, um, you know, Devontae Freeman still there, Julio, of course, uh, 
but it's really that defense. Like it, it just seems like teams destroy them um, in terms of you know their secondary not being very good at all. Um, you know, I, I I I look at the team and it's, they're definitely not less talented than some of these other NFC teams that are honestly like in first or second place in their divisions. Yeah, it, they really aren't, and it's just. I don't know. It's just like a, confusing. I think it's just pretty confusing and surprising, and that's kind of like I think a lot of people going into the NFL season, you're everyone's like so certain about how things are going to turn up and turn out, and it. I think it kind of just shows from year to year in the NFL season. There's things that can change so drastically. Um, like you just look at the 49ers. Like I don't think anyone of would have expected them to leave the the first portion of the season. Like even um, looking at the AFC, like we brought up the Colts, they're leading. I don't even really think a lot of people thought the Ravens would be leading the AFC North um, and whether or not Lamar Jackson's development was for real. And now like out of that quarterback class from a couple seasons ago, which like, Sam Darnold was a part of Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. Um, like, I don't think a lot of people thought Lamar would be the best quarterback. It looks like coming out of that draft, and it's kind of looking like that right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other – if I go back to the AFC really quickly uh, before we get to the games, it's like the Steelers were a team that we both I, – I don't know about you, but I actually had – quite high hopes for um I'm, I'm just talking through like disappointments but like the Jets as well um Jets are a huge disappointment <laughs> but the Steelers here I mean they had a couple close games 28-26 against Seahawks 24-20 against the 49ers 26-23 against Ravens so they're losing a lot of these close games um on it honestly like extremely close games so even though they're three and four do you see any potential here for the Steelers to, you know, maybe sneak in for that second wild card spot? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a possibility, but I don't think really people foresaw, like, obviously the injury to Ben Roethlisberger. Like, I think that sure. kind of just changed everything for their season and maybe kind of mitigated some of the expectations that that fan base was going to have going into the year. Um, yep. And, you know, it's definitely had a lot of implications um, just for what they can produce offensively. Um, even their their second string backup, uh, Mason Rudolph was hurt with uh, the concussion um, for a couple game for a couple weeks. So even something like that kind of affected um, the way they've kind of had to game plan and play. Um, but they're still in it, sitting at three and four. But yeah, definitely have a shot in the second half of the season but yeah I think overall it's just like the Ravens seem like for me they have a stranglehold on the AFC North because they're just um, a certain level of there's like a level of certainty with that team um, with what they're going to get from game to game in comparison to like it's basically like who do I trust more Lamar Jackson or Mason Rudolph and like for me it seems like who and you kind of mentioned Lamar Jackson's name, him sitting in third um, in the MVP race, and where where the Ravens are, it 
it seems pretty easy to me to kind of trust them over uh, Mason Rudolph. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I, I could see the Buffalo Bills really falling off, and um, who knows, Steelers or another team potentially coming up. Um, right. But yeah. So but, let's uh, uh, let's get to Mike. The- yeah. Before we even get to the picks, this is the one last exercise that I wanted to ask you before we get to our picks. Mm-hmm. Who are your playoff teams right now? Who like? as it currently stands, the playoffs, and, like, you know, we can look at all the playoff teams as it currently stands. Give me your playoff picks um, based on what you have seen thus far this season um, and see whether or not our predictions kind of hold up um, for the second half of the year. So if you had to give me your playoff uh, predictions um, in terms of the six teams that make it, who do you think make it based off of what we've seen in the first half of the season? Yeah, so I'm going to go – so with the AFC first, obviously I have the New England Patriots. Uh, they're probably my one seed. Um, in terms of my two seed, I, I think I'm going to have the Ravens. Wow. Ooh, okay. No, I mean, it really depends on when Pat Mahomes comes back. Uh, well, let's say the Chiefs as that two seed. Um, three seed, I, I think that the AFC South is a tough, tough um, division. So let's put the uh, the Ravens there as well. In terms of the AFC South, I'm still not sold yet on the, uh, the Colts here. Um, obviously, the injury for uh, J.J. Watt on the Texans is a big blow. I think because of that injury, I'm going to slightly favor the uh, the Colts here to be the number four seed. But in terms of five and six, I mean, I would still have to go with – I'll go with the Texans and the Bills rounding out that, that playoff um, AFC. So, honestly, no big movement happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, relative to the current state. But in terms of the NFC, for me, who I have for the NFC West, um, is, sorry, for NFC West first, the f- number one seed is the 49ers. Right? I, I, it's tough to say. Either the 49ers or the Saints take that uh, one or two seed, maybe swap off between the two. Um, for me, the Green Bay Packers as well. Um, and then for the NFC East, it's it's a tough call between these Eagles and Cowboys, but I'm going to have to roll with Cowboys here slightly over the Eagles. Um, in terms of who else rounds out that playoff, I'm thinking that the Vikings, uh, who have quietly put together a nice 6-2 and four-game win streak, um, they look quite good in terms of offense and defense. Um, in this final playoff spot, it's... It's it's tough. It's, hard. it's really hard. I I don't think I'm gonna have to take out the Eagles. I know we like them early on. Um, I Cowboys slightly edging them out here. I just don't think that the Panthers have enough to make in the NFC. Maybe if it was in the AFC, but for me, it's got to go either Seahawks or the Rams here. And I mean, just taking a quick quick look at this rest of schedule for both 
teams here. I mean, I, I feel like the Rams have a good chance, right? Yeah, it seems like they have a little bit of an easier schedule. Um, they have the Cardinals twice still. Uh, they yep. play the Steelers next. So it seems like so, they have a little bit of a softer schedule, but they're sitting one game behind. Um, so I'll, I'll go with the Rams here. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. So it seems like you're based off of, like, all the records this year, you're kind of, like, going with, like, what you've seen. Uh, no one really that surprising kind of making a, a run for the second half of the uh, half of the season. Yep. All right. So for me, I'm going to go through it fairly quickly before we get into the games. I got the Pats. Then I got the Chiefs. Ravens, number three. Um, I have the Colts. Uh, or I have actually the uh, Texans taking the AFC South at four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then five and six for me. Um, I believe it's going to be the Colts and the Bills. Like, no one that really surprising. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers make, like, a playoff push, like, which is not, like, anything of a surprise at all. This is, like, you love You love the Chargers. I just feel like this is kind of something that we've come to expect from the Chargers where they have a slow first half of the year and then, like, they come out really hot in the second half of the year. So, um I wouldn't it's be not. It's not. That. It's not an easy schedule, though. Chiefs twice, Packers, uh, Raiders, who are kind of good, and the Vikings. It. I. I don't see it. Yeah, I'm not saying it makes sense. I just think that what for whatever wackiness they've shown, like throughout the years, they've pretty much shown that like they defy to make any sense. Where they'll like lose like the the easy game and they'll win a tough game. So I wouldn't be surprised mm. about that. NFC going down quickly. I believe, like, I believe the 49ers um, are going to be sitting at, like, I think they're going to actually stumble a little bit um, Mm -hmm. to end the year. Um, They have this key game against the Packers coming up in a couple of weeks. I believe, and then they have the Saints as well. So I believe they actually fall down to number three because I believe in the Packers and the Saints over the 49ers still. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't drink the Kool-Aid as much on the 49ers. So I have them sitting at number three, um, but I I have um, right now the Packers, then the Saints, then the 49ers sitting at the three spot. The four spot between the NFC East, I'm sticking with the Eagles. Like, doesn't make sense, but I think, like, I think the Eagles would be able to pull it out uh, for that four seed. For number five and six, um, I have uh, the Vikings, and it's kind of crazy to say this, but I think I have the Seattle Seahawks at number six, meaning that the Rams missed the playoffs. Um, Interesting. and I think that'll be a big surprise for a lot of teams. Um, the Rams kind of found their mojo in the past couple of weeks against the Falcons and the Bengals kind of needed that for them. Um, and they don't really have like that tough of a schedule. I just kind of really believe in Russell Wilson. So seems like for me, I'm choosing the Rams to miss the playoffs. I I think that with the addition of Jalen Ramsey, it's, 
it, it, it's just a really, really good team. Yeah, yeah. It re- like, talent-wise, it's a really, really good team. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to say with, like, the way... Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Aaron Donald, like, you know, Goff is... I still think an average quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many weapons. Target, like, it's just... They're stacked. They're stacked. Yeah, they so, are. I think that uh, I think they, the Rams come out here. Yeah, okay. So we'll <laughs> see what ends up happening uh, yep. with that. But let's move on to our picks for yep. this week. Week 9, Mike. Um, of the season, I went two and one in the games that we differentiated in the Chargers. The Titans got some close wins for me last oh week. God. Yeah, that so, Chargers game. All right, let's let's yep. yeah, let's move on. All right, so let's go in. Mike, first game of the week: Forty ers versus Cardinals tomorrow night, Thursday night game. Who you have? Forty ers Forty ers it's I mean, pretty easy for me, 49ers, too. Yeah, Cardinals are banged up. Um, David Johnson might not play. Um, Chase Edmonds it, also. Chase, Chase Edmonds likely out. Um, Trade for Kenyon Drake. Trade for Kenyon Drake. Like, this this 49ers defense is going to eat. Is going to eat. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to be running around. Um, and I just hope he stays healthy. Yeah, so... I believe I have the 49ers as well, so no change there. Uh, I think they keep their bowling. Mike, uh, Texans versus the Jaguars, um, who you have here? I mean, it's it's a London game. Um, for me, I I like the Texans for this game. Um, but, yeah, this is – It's like one of those weird games. You just yeah, it's like Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette could go, like – 20, 20 carries for 44 yards, but I could also see him going for, like, over 200 here as well, right? Um, the London game is always a little bit tricky. I'm I'm going to err on the side of saying that the Texans, um, yeah, high, relatively high-scoring game, but the Texans are able to pull it off. Yep, I got some Texans here as well. I think – I think you just don't really know, like, how the team travels, especially for a London game, so you just never know what ends up happening. So, it's like, this game is, like, a real toss-up for me, in my mind, and I think that's kind of, I heard it in your voice, but it sounded like you were kind of on the fence on who to choose there, Uh, but I got the Texans here as well. Mike, the Bears versus the Eagles, um, definitely playoff implications the Bears playoff hopes might be on the line here especially with the way the NFC playoff race has been who do you have in this game it's a tough yeah yeah it's a tough game I mean who would have thought that the Bears would be like doing this poorly and I mean Um, I I don't know about this poorly but maybe it just kind of shows like if the Defense isn't the elite elite thing that they sh- defense that they showed last season. This is pretty much like what the result is, with like basically a mediocre offense and a good defense, but not and pretty much one of the the best defenses that we saw over the past couple of years. Um, like this is the result of them sitting at three and four, pretty much a five hundred ball cup. Yeah, I mean this is a tough game. I, 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 
I, I slightly favor the Eagles here. Yep, I have the Eagles here as well at home. Um, I was wondering if you were going to choose the Bears again. Um, trust in Trubisky. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I just think if the Eagles are going to, and the Eagles are my pick in the NFC East, so if the Eagles are going to make a run at the NFC East, they, win they, pre- they pretty much have to win this game, and that's kind of the reasoning as to why I'm choosing the Eagles. Makes sense. No, yep. yeah, no, no, like, real reason about it, but that's kind of why I got them. Vikings versus Chiefs, Mike. There's kind of some outside talk as to whether or not Mahomes comes back during this game. I think ultimately they're going to kind of err on the side of err on the side of caution and really just keep him out of this game and hope to have him back um, against the Titans in the following week. So who do you have in this game? Yeah, I like the Vikings here, um, even though they are at Kansas City. But at Arrowhead, always really yeah. tough to to play there. Yeah, I just think that this, the way to kind of like take the Chiefs out of the game is to like really control their run game. Um, It's sort of how they've lost. They just haven't had the time of possession. Um, And running backs just feast on this Chiefs defense. I I think Dalvin Cook with the year he's having has a big game and uh, the Vikings come out on top. But if Mahomes is back, obviously a different story. I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs then. So with the Chiefs, okay, this is our first differential of the week. I'm going with the Vikings. Um, I I don't think uh, Mahomes ends up coming back. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if Mahomes doesn't play, I, I have the Vikings too. Okay, so this this is like a conditional if this, but you know, okay, but I have the Vikings in this game regardless um mm-hmm. of what happens but i think ultimately the chiefs are cautious with mahomes and he doesn't I agree. play so I agree. mike Colts versus steelers who do you have in this game like for me i think it's a fairly easy game to read uh mason rudolph is back uh but i still have the colts they've looked fairly good um throughout the season so Give me the give me the Colts in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I have to take the Colts as well. It, it's I'm a little higher on the Steelers than than others are, but I'll, I'll I have to go with the Colts too. Got it. All right, Mike. Next game, our Jets versus the Dolphins. Wow, is anyone tuning into this game? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Not a pretty game to watch. Do you think the the Jets end up getting their second win of the season? This is at Miami. Who do you have in this one? I think the Jets win. I think we're finally able to put something together. But man, no. I, I really I really don't like what I'm hearing from the locker room. That's what I'm saying. Is any of the the trade rumors and all that stuff kind of bleed into? the performance in the game this weekend? Or is it just because the Dolphins are so bad, like it really doesn't matter? I, I, I think they're so bad. I, I really do. Um, in terms of the worst teams we've seen, they're they're quite out there. Mm. Yeah, they're not, they're not good at all. So I got the Jets here as well. This is like a hopeful Jets fan talking, but I have the Jets here as yep. well. Um, hopefully they're able to pull it out. Um, 
Redskins versus Bills. Uh, like, can we go over this quickly? Because Redskins are terrible. Uh, yep. Bills, Bills all the way for me as well. Um, Titans versus Panthers, Mike. I think this is a really interesting matchup, um, especially after Kyle Allen's three-pick game, whether or not there's anything on tape that some people might see kind of the pressure. Allen, who do you have in this game? Yeah, I, I still have the Panthers here. Um, although Ryan Tannell did not look too bad in that game. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, he, he was able to play. He was able to play. So, I mean, I'm still going to go with the Panthers here um, at home. Who do mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, I have the Panthers here as well at home. It seems like we're pretty much in lockstep over the lat, all, over all the games pretty much so far. But I have the Panthers mm-hmm. here as well. I think I think the Titans don't have enough. Um, basically, I don't I don't think they have enough talent on, on the defensive line to create the amount of pressure that the 49ers have created that the 49ers created last week. And I think they'll have a lot more trouble creating that pressure. And Allen will have a little bit more time in the pocket to throw the ball this week. Mike. Lions versus the Raiders. Who do you have here? I think this is like going to be one of those interesting games. Uh, the Raiders are sitting at three and four, where they're pretty much in the playoff hunt in the AFC. Uh, Detroit has kind of looked frisky this year. Um, who do you have in this game? Yeah, I'm. I'm I like both teams sneakily, but uh, I'll go with the Lions here. Okay. I think this is our first differential of true differential. I have the Raiders here at home. I don't know if much differentiates these teams. Like, I think they're both, like, pretty much, like, 500 or below 500 teams. I just kind of like the Raiders at home. I think the Lions might slightly be a better team, but I think that's mitigated by going uh, – flying to the West Coast uh, against the Raiders. So I am taking the Raiders. So let me mark that down as our differential of the week. I got the Raiders, you got the Lions. Mike, Bucks, Seahawks. Um, I have the Seahawks in this game at home. Yeah, it, like, it's a I don't really, pretty easy one. I also can kind of sneakily see just like the Bucks the going Bucks off for winning. Yeah, it's like one of those weird games where I think like maybe they might be in it for a while, and then like it could go like one of and James could kind of like go off. Like there's what fifteen percent possibility of something like that happening. So no, um, even higher. I I I think the Buccaneers have like a twenty five thirty percent chance of winning this game. A lot higher than what I thought, but yeah, I have the Seahawks winning. Yep, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a great game for Russell Wilson to just rack up the touchdowns and make his MVP case. Yep, totally. Especially with that porous defense. Mike. Horrible. Yeah. Packers versus the Chargers. Who do you got? My love for the Chargers. Is it going to come through in this game? Uh, yeah, I have the Packers here. I, I don't think the Chargers are very good. Interesting. I don't I don't I don't know if I don't like they're not bad. It's just like 
I, I think there's like a lot of inconsistencies with their team. Um, and I don't know if that really makes them bad. I think it's going to be decently close, but I think the Packers end up pulling it out in the end, but I think it's going to be decently close because I think Rivers is going to have a decent game. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say they're horrible. Um, They've had a lot of hard injury luck and some uh, pretty tough, just pretty tough games and close games they've they've lost. Um, but yeah, I I like the Packers too much here. Mm, yep, me too. Browns Broncos, Mike, who you got here? Yeah, it's it's interesting that the Cleveland Browns are favored three and a half here. But I guess with you know I believe Joe Flacco will be out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't trust Brandon Allen um, at all. So let's uh, let's go with the Browns here. Yeah, it's really tough to kind of trust a quarterback like that, uh, backup quarterback, young backup quarterback like that. Um, with Flacco being out, I believe it's like close to six weeks or so they've reported. Uh, if the Browns can't win this game, I think they're the drum beat is gonna get it's gonna get really loud for Freddie Kitchens to kind of be let go, especially if they're not able to produce. And um I would be very concerned if I were um Freddie Kitchens if uh they don't win this game, whether or not he's gonna have a job. So I take the Browns here as well. Um Mike, Patriots versus Ravens. Ooh, interesting. You know, you know, I Sunday want to take the game. Ravens here. Sunday I want to. I want to take the Ravens Raven. here. Who do you have? This might be a bad pick, but I, I'm just gonna go with the Ravens here. I know Ooh. you probably have the Patriots. Okay. Yep, I do have the Patriots. But give me some. Give me your reasoning as to why you have the uh, the Ravens, because I think this is one of your most fascinating picks. Yeah, I mean, I just think that a lot of the Patriots teams, uh, you know, teams that have played the Patriots haven't been very good. Um, I think the Baltimore Ravens are their first legitimate playoff test. Um, and, I, I, you know, obviously I think Bill Belichick will be prepared. But for me, you know, we can't have I, – I just can't imagine these Patriots, like, going 16-0 and – I think that the Ravens, like, they've always played the Patriots quite well. Um, Lamar Jackson, we'll get to see if, honestly, like, just, like, his ability to, like, scramble, um, run the ball, while also having a pretty solid running back squad. I mean, that's kind of how you attack the Patriots defense. It's just really hard to win. Um, just like being a pretty conventional like pocket passer. So I think that, you know, I just like the Ravens because they're a little bit different and uh, might be able to attack the Patriots defense in a little in a few different ways, especially um, through the ground and run game um, versus passing. Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest thing is going to be like third down for the Ravens and whether or not they're able to convert there. And what ends up happening, like, outside of the pocket for Lamar. Like, if he's able to create outside of the pocket and kind of, like, when his first, second read isn't there and is kind of able to 
he gets flushed out of the pocket, what ends up happening during that time, I think is going to be really important because of, I think the Patriots are so good fundamentally on defense, but whether or not they're going to be able to react to some of the, I guess, um, creativity of what the Ravens can do, or basically what Lamar can do with his feet after um, his first and second options are taken away, um, whether or not they're able to kind of react to that and who's going to be spying Lamar um, on defense. I'm curious to see, like, how the Patriots play it and definitely be – this will definitely be one of the games that I will be really excited uh, and tuning into. But, yeah, I have the Patriots in this game. I think ultimately Spellcheck schemes schemes it up and they're really going to just kind of throw a bunch of bodies into the box. Um, yep to really stop the run and just like and I they agree. have the, like yeah. they have the cornerbacks to kind of shut down go one on one. Yeah, go one on one and just kind of really the rookie receivers, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be the X factor is Lamar and whether or not he's able to like create outside the pocket for me, at least. Yeah, just if you get extend the plays like I honestly like the Patriots D defensive line doesn't have a lot of speed like there you know there it was only a few years ago when most of these players like Patriots defense just wasn't very good people thought um and it's all the same names uh like with Eugene Collins like Todd Van Noy but you know we'll I I'm interested to see how Mark Andrews plays into this um he's not going to be covered by you know your Gilmore um yeah, I, I just think that that could be an interesting matchup for the Ravens um, here. Got it. So that's our second slash third differential, depending on if Mahomes plays um, mm-hmm. of the week. So, Mike, last Monday night game of the week, Cowboys versus Giants. I have the Cowboys here fairly easily. Um, yep. I don't know if it. I don't know if it changes things if the Giants are at home, it being Monday night. But and I have the Cowboys here pretty easily. Yeah, same here. I mean, if if I think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs, I I have to have them against the Giants. But if they lose, and I'm not saying there's a there, there's a bigger chance than I <laughs> then we want to admit that they actually do lose. Um, maybe Saquon just like has one of his games, but. Yeah, if they lose, I I really don't like them to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's a problem if they end up losing this game. Like they you have bigger problems. Yeah, they have bigger problems to worry about if they end up losing this game. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Mike, it seems like kind of reading out the condition is if Mahomes plays, then you like the Chiefs. But I got the Vikings. Um, I got the Raiders against your Lions, and then I have the Patriots against the Ravens. So, um, yeah, it seems it's going to be really interesting. Like, I think the one, like the Jets-Dolphins game, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins win, honestly. Um, and I I was, I'm kind of out on this, obviously out on this Jets season, almost to the point where I thought about switching my pick, but it's like, it's really tough to choose against them, especially going on the bandwagon for a Dolphins team. Um, yep. So I'm having a little bit more faith 
in the Jets there. Mike, let's wrap up the podcast, talk about fantasy for, for a bit. You talked about how you ended up winning finally in your fantasy leagues. Yeah, so uh, I went 2-0 for this week. Two-game win streak in one of my leagues and my very first win in the other league. Um, and I put up <laughs> the highest the highest number of points. And uh, no, my team that I won with where I am, let's check, one and six because we have a bye week here. Uh, I managed to put up a very, very nice 160 points. Um, led the entire 15-person league in scoring. Um, you know, we have a nice weekly like fifteen dollar you know kicker um for this. So a nice little reward for a nice little week. Um but yeah, in my other league right here where I'm actually doing quite well, um, yeah, just a solid game. I mean, I I was really, really quite worried with uh, you know, down twenty points and with Juju and Pittsburgh defense, but you know, I kind of felt like Juju might have one of his games against this horrible Miami uh, secondary in Pittsburgh uh, against, you know, Pittsburgh D against Miami. I was just like, look, that's at least 10 points, at least, right? And uh, lo and behold, 14 points. So managed to get the win there in a pretty tight situation. What about you, Kev? I ended up going 2-0 and as well. The team that I co-managed with my friend ended up winning fairly comfortably. Um, we have a couple questions as to whether or not Carson Wentz hasn't really performed well fantasy-wise this season for us. So there's kind of questions as to whether or not we're going to keep him starting. But Christian McCaffrey's on both of our teams. And thank you, Lord, for Christian McCaffrey because he's really carried the load for both of our fantasy teams. Um, in my other league, ended up going to fourth place and sitting at five and three. So cannot complain about that at all. Getting going to an O Mike, are there any players that you're on the lookout for to pick up? Yeah. In terms of players that I'm looking at, uh, you know, I do have Devin Singletary kind of penciled in my waiver list. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know why Frank Gore continues to play. He's on the waiver wires. I'm kind of looking for a, a running back quite desperately with David Johnson out and uh, looking quite questionable. So for me, you know, I see Frank Gore on the waiver wire. I see Devin Singletary. Uh, even though Devin Singletary has a lower projected point total, I'm going to go with him, hoping for some upside in the later half of the year. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of who I'm targeting um, in one of my leagues. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I'm pretty happy with both of their, like, both of my teams and the way they've looked. The only thing that we've talked about, and I kind of mentioned earlier, was like the Carson Wentz, whether or not we try to choose like a replacement. But there really isn't anyone on the waiver wire that's kind of that appealing over Wentz. So I think we're gonna stick with him. Um, Yikes there but yeah there's not really many appealing options there um and maybe uh maybe after the falcons buy we do a little uh little token uh young waiku pickup there kind of uh get some good juju coming in so we'll see um there i don't know if that's enough i don't know if that's too much pressure to put on him 
uh, coming into the season and relying what? on him as their kicker. We 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 need to give him at least three games. Like, I can see this first game not going well. So I'm I'm already <laughs> I'm already to, I'm ready to start up the bandwagon already. Yeah, I just remember the last bandwagon for him. It ended too quickly, too weak quickly. I know it was way too quick. He was he was like on the Simmons podcast, like talking about his. Korean Americanness and like the like the way he's kind of inspired this and it was over in two games. So maybe hopefully he can make it to three games and finish out the season as the kicker with the Falcons. Hopefully he's able to do that. Um, so wishing wishing him the best because I don't know if he gets another opportunity if he struggles. So really hoping for the best um, and rooting him on there, Mike. But Thanks, Mike. Not much else to talk about uh, unless you want to say anything else for this week. No, I think, uh, yeah, I can't believe we're midway through the season already, but uh, a lot of good football left. I've been pretty pleased with the football season so far. Um, So, yeah, looking forward to another week. Yeah, it's been a pretty good football season. I, I, I don't know if it has that much of the, I don't know how to put it. It just seems like there's something like, like the storylines have been very muted. I yeah, I don't I feel like it's, it hasn't been as exciting as last year. I don't know hmm. why. It's kind of, so and maybe the reason why is cuz like there was like the definitive storyline of someone like Mahomes kind of exploding and this year there hasn't been like that one singular like amazing performance to kind of follow and trash. So maybe that's the reason why, and there's a lot more parity this year. I don't know, but yep. I mean, all the usual suspects, pretty good. Like, like the Patriots have been always like amazing and still constantly really good. I wouldn't be surprised if they win another Super Bowl this year again. So, um, yeah, it just seems like we're kind of headed towards that. Um, that part portion of the season so really excited as it heads until november and then december um when really nfl season starts picking back up or, or starts picking up in terms of like the importance of the game so it'll really get interesting in the back half of the season yep agreed agreed and uh as the nfl season winds down at least we can look forward to the nba yeah, exactly. So definitely been keeping track of the NBA, uh, the MLB, um, Major League Baseball is closing out game seven. As we record this, the Nationals force game seven. So game seven, regardless of the sport, are exciting. I'll always tune into game seven. So that'll be exciting to watch tomorrow night. Um, Tiger Woods ended up tying for the most wins ever in the PGA getting a win in Japan. So that's really exciting as well. So congrats to Tiger Woods. Uh, Just a really great overall amazing sports season or sports weekend uh, with baseball happening, football, hockey, basketball uh, opening weekend happening. So all a lot of fun. Um, We'll probably be kind of breaking down Premier League soccer. Uh, Liverpool got a huge win against Tottenham, so we'll be breaking that down um, 
later this week as well. So, Mike, thanks again for coming back onto the podcast and look forward to the games this week and hopefully um, the Jets could pull out a win. So, thanks, Mike, for coming back on. I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up And I'm addicted, I can't get enough